You're listening to AWW Radio, the podcast of American Women's Wrestling. We are live. What is up, wrestling friends? This is Derek Lewandowski, and we are live on Facebook with AWW Radio, with our Reaper Wrestling friends here with us today as we continue our virtual best of all time tournament. So let me introduce our panel of guests today. First of all, no stranger to AWW Radio, with a new haircut, welcome Ben Lewandowski. How you doing, Ben? Good, doing good. It's good to see everybody today. Also want to welcome three-time All-American from SFU, Lauren Mason on the West Coast. We are on the, I'm on the East Coast, she's on the West Coast. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Also want to welcome from the Pacific Time Zone up in Washington, Emma the champ <laughs> good to be here everybody good to see you again and then we have a special guest today from memphis tennessee coming in with us on zoom we welcome the official middle school wrestler of frl is that right sam herring welcome sam. yeah that's right thank you so much i'm, I'm excited to be here well it's great to have you sam tell us what you've been doing um i've been following your kind of virtual best of duels of all time. How's that been going? So we've, we've been doing a bunch of projects recently. Um, the first one we started with under our HMA fantasy um, arm, you could call it, was the best dual team, uh, like best of the decade of each team. So we would make an all-star lineup for all the college teams and then duel those teams against each other and try to figure out who's the best one. Um, Penn State ended up coming out on top of that one. Then the next project we did was a best to never win it bracket. Um, and that was just going through the NCAA results and trying to figure out who's the best guy that never ended up winning NCAAs in their career. Um, and then right now we're going through the best NCAA champion lineup of all time. So we're taking every lineup back to 2004, I believe. And um, trying to figure out who had the best lineup going through all the NCAA champions from that year. Well, very cool. We are uh, we're thankful that you're part of the wrestling media community. We know you you know you're only 13. Uh, you're, you're a competitor yourself. You're a wrestler, um, but you do a lot for the sport, and it's been fun to watch your budding career and uh, enjoying all the content that you have. Can you give a shout out for your handles right now? Yeah, so you can you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at SamWise2006. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook um, at Sam Herring. And then the HMA account is just HMA Wrestling, wherever you are, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And our website is HMAWrestling.com. Great. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate all that. Emma, you want to reset us and kind of get our context set here as we move forward with the semis? Yeah, so uh, we just want to take a sec to say last week um, we took a little break in the tournament just to honor uh, Blackout Tuesday and then just the Black Lives Matter movement going on. We wanted to make sure, even though what we have is obviously important to the wrestling world, we wanted to make sure that uh, voices fighting for equality all over were being heard. So that's why we took the break last week. So super excited to kick things back off. We're in the semifinals now, so each weight we're down to the final four and then um, we'll be down to the finals after this so it's pretty exciting um so yeah we just took that break and then um we're back here 
So I'm excited to dive into these brackets. All right. So we are in the semis. Uh, the fan votes are in. Um, so, uh, Emma, could you kind of reset for us how the, how the voting is weighted? Yeah, exactly. So uh, each host will be getting a vote. Um, landmine goes overall. So one person will be using a landmine today who hasn't already. And then um, besides that, majority wins. So after, you know, we kind of discuss the matchup, uh, the host will vote per usual. And then if there's a tie, which two, four, five, there might be a tie depending because the fan vote counts for one. Um, the tie will go back to the fans. All right. Well, we got, yeah, we got five today plus the fan vote. So that's, that's going to come into play uh, for sure today. Ooh, who the fans want. Okay. Are we ready to dive into 50 kg? Let's ride. Okay. So first we have 2012 Clarissa Chun, um, Olympic bronze, 2008 world champ versus 2016 Olympian Haley Agalo. Um, what do you guys think right off the bat? Well, I'll go. I got to say, um, you know, going into this, I assumed it was Clarissa. Uh, but then a little deeper dive, you know, into some of the results. One of the things I noticed was uh, Victoria Anthony seemed to have Clarissa Chun's number uh, for a couple of years there. Uh, Chun beat her in 2011. Um, but then Anthony beat her um, in 2016, uh, right around that time, beat her a couple times at least. And, um, you know, Haley Agello in her peak year beat Victoria Anthony in the best of three to make the Olympic team. So it wasn't as obvious once I looked at the results there. Um, that said, we are talking about 2012 Clarissa Chun that won the Olympic bronze medal. Uh, for that reason, I'm uh, I'm giving my vote to Clarissa, even though I think this is a really tight matchup. I think stylistically too, like if you look at Chun's style, she's dangerous from from everywhere. Like yesterday on the the report count, we posted one of her um, foot sweeps that she used to make the Olympic team. She had foot sweeps, like a lot of arm throws with that judo background. So I think she could present some upper body problems for Haley that maybe you're not going to get when you wrestle Tosaka or other Japan girls. Yeah, she's crafty. She's really crafty. Yeah. Those, you know, you it, you posted the foot sweep, but she also had this thing where she took the front head and would do almost this step behind, and sometimes she'd get two, and sometimes she'd get four. Um, well, maybe the scoring was different in that day, but man, she had she had a lot of game, a lot of attacks, a lot of crafty, tricky stuff. I'm sure that a lot of her opponents never wrestled anybody quite like her, but uh, you know, really really special wrestler, uh, Clarissa Chun. I think it's a really interesting matchup. It's like one of our only Olympian Olympian matchups, which is really good. So obviously I think if they were to figuratively wrestle, it would definitely be a close match, but I think I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Clarissa Chun just because she's got an Olympic medal and that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> so yeah, that's above average. Yeah. That's, that's not too shabby. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to follow through yeah. with you guys. Uh, I think that Clarissa is a legend. I didn't really get to watch too much of her uh, growing up. I'm obviously, I uh, wasn't very old then. When, when she won her bronze medal, I was six years old. So uh, that was a while back. But going back and watching old uh, film of her and stuff like that, I've got a little bit of recency bias for, for Haley, but I still think that she's a legend. For, she's, a, she's a legend, and I don't think uh, 
I don't think you can vote again. Yeah, I was just going to say I'm I'm definitely uh, I'm I'm in the uh, Chun camp here. I was I was uh, Victoria Anthony was definitely the 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 wrestler you're watching as she's wrestling through this. Of course, we uh, we uh, we voted Victoria out in the semis, losing to Lampy, uh, which quarters is of course, a quarters excuse. Which of course, uh, um, but uh, man, what a, what what some battles they all had. But I'm definitely uh, uh, gonna go with Chun as well. Yeah, I think I got to go um, Chun just because she's so dangerous from everywhere. And I think from a hypothetical matchup, I think Haley um, would have a pretty hard time just with the amount of options Chun has to score. Um, you know, when Sarah wrestled Haley um, back in 2018, um, Sarah has a really dynamic offense. And I think Chun has a similar set of like being able to score from a lot of positions. And that's not to mention the Olympic bronze, but Haley's run in, in 2016 was definitely incredible. But because um, of the bronze and then just the stylistic problems, I think it's Chun for me. Chun it is. Yep, the fans agreed with us too. Ben, there was no SFU wrestler in that matchup. I didn't see one there. So, yeah, just. Sad day. Ben, where's where's your SFU shirt? Is I see your shirt begins with an S. There is that. I'm wearing I'm wearing a Sporting Sunkiss Kids shirt today. So uh, that covers a, that covers a lot of wrestlers here. Right. So <laughs> next time it's got to be SFU shirt though. Well, not did you get one yet, Ben? Or I mean, are you going to? No, stick I with only that? have my I only have my homemade shirts that I have from. SFU. All right, we got to get you one. What size are you? I'll make this happen. Large. I'll wear a large. Next, next, oh wait, what? Right. Oh, I was going to say XXL, but you're just large. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Our next matchup is, in my opinion, pretty spicy. It's a uh, 2013 World Bronze Alyssa Lampy versus uh, 2004 uh, Patricia Miranda. Yeah, 2004 Olympic Bronze Patricia Miranda. Yes. This one's juicy. This one's not easy. And for that reason, I'm not going first. <laughs> I'll go first. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't mind speaking into it. I'm, I uh, definitely went back and forth here. Uh, certainly have a lot more uh, uh, recency tape on uh, watching Lampy wrestle. Uh, you know, she was, in a, she was obviously a world bronze, not an Olympic bronze. Um, but I find that world bronze tournament that she got third in was, was just, uh, she wrestled lights out. Her only loss in that tournament was to Tosaka, who won the tournament. I think she lost eight nothing in that tournament. But then she had to get back, I think, three matches, uh, you know, in order to wrestle back in order to win that bronze. So her only loss being to the to the champ um, of that tournament. Uh, listen, and this is I, I'm speaking to why I'm picking uh, uh, Lampy, but I'm picking Lampy in this matchup. She was a, she was and still is an amazing wrestler. And so is it Miranda, by the way. Yes. I'm, I'm going to follow suit. I think that um, in 2013, the competition that Lampy had to go through was so much tougher um, that, that maybe Miranda didn't, didn't get um, when women's wrestling wasn't as big of a sport as it was in 2013. Um, also, so her credentials almost matched the had. And if you add in the competition that she had to face, um, she, she's got to take this match, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll go next. Um, I just think it's hard because, you know, you have that picture of Lampy, you know, what she did at the Open um, in the finals, and then just that whole tournament she had. 
you know, over Amy and over Victoria. So like two pretty seasoned veterans on the women's scene. Um, but not only in 2013 did Lynn win that bronze, she also had a monster international year, like the Poland Open. She won that. And that's a really tough tournament. She also won the Ukraine Memorial, which is super tough. Um, so not only did she have that world bronze with only the losses to Osaka, but she had a monster year in general. And I think, uh, Patricia, she did have, you know, wins. She beat Chan to make the Olympic team and obviously ran, you know, the gauntlet to get the Olympic bronze. But I do think the competition, um, you know, was a little tougher when Lampy was around, like Chun was in some of her brackets um, for world team trials, although it wasn't her peak year. So I think it may be a little recency bias on my part because I was never around when Miranda was competing. Um, but I think I got Lampy. I do want to point out, though, that Patricia Miranda was a law student at Stanford while she was wrestling. Like, that's insane. That's wild. Holy. I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> I think, okay, obviously both these women are legends. Like, Lampy and Miranda, you, said, you say those names in the women's wrestling community, and they're a pretty big deal. So I do agree. I think this match would be pretty spicy. Um, originally, I was I was going to say Miranda. But you guys are making good cases for Lampy. I mean, she did have, a like, a monster year um, in 2013. Um, and, like uh, Sam was saying, it was – she was still pretty new in the, like, like 2004, that was the first time the women wrestled in the Olympics. Am I, I'm, I'm correct on that, right? Sure yeah. Right. Yep. So that was the first Olympics that women's wrestling was a part of. So I think, yeah, it was still pretty new. Um, but I think I'm going to stick with Miranda. I think I'm going to stay with her just because of that Olympic bronze. That's, that's a big deal to me. Huge. So I'm going to say Miranda on that one. I'm siding with SFU on this one. Um, yeah, I it's watch, watch Patricia Miranda wrestle. I mean, she was a hammer. Um, obviously, first Olympic medalist in uh, U.S. history for women. Um, and I know you referenced, uh, Emma, the, the matches against Chun. I know it was earlier in Chun's career she was – you know, she was a younger version of herself, 2003, 2004. But Miranda, Miranda just smashed her. I mean, she just dominated Chun. Uh, 2003 by fall, 2004 by tech fall, or at least what we would consider today a tech fall. Um, and I think the way it goes, I think they, they come in, they tie up, and Miranda hits a slide by. She had a crafty slide by. And she transitioned really well to a nasty, almost unstoppable gut wrench. Um, so I think, I mean, using modern scoring, right? So I think she hits a slide by, transitions to gut, goes up 4-0. Um, and I think, you know, they get back on their feet. I don't think Lampy gets hit with that again. I think she sees it coming. Um, but she doesn't want to get scored on again. So the period ends 4-0. Lampy, I think, I'm sorry, Miranda, I think Miranda gets a little defensive to start the second period. Um, Lampy gets to her single and gets a takedown, gets two, doesn't turn her. Uh, Miranda shuts down and uh, kind of staves off some leg attacks and even maybe a throw attempt by Lampy and wins the match 4-2. I think something interesting, too, is some of these women, like, we never saw them wrestle in the, the two-period format. Like, Miranda was only around you know, in the old rule set. So it'd be interesting to see 
kind of how the gas tank of each wrestler would hold up because Lampy like has a really really good gas tank we saw in her match with Victoria this year like she was trailing 6-0 and then second period came back and and got the fall so I think it would be interesting you know to see uh how Miranda's gas tank would hold up on a two period three minute like kind of format Yep, so obviously I'm going Miranda. Now, Derek, Derek, I have a question for you. Yeah. So you say Miranda's going to get a takedown and a turn right away in the first in the first period? Yeah. And she doesn't score again the rest of the time? Uh, no, because I think Lampy gets on offense and she spends most of her time trying to stop uh, Lampy's shots. Well, then how will she not get called for passivity? Well... Maybe she maybe she gets hit for that. Um, maybe it ends up four three. That's a good point, but just the same, Miranda comes out on top. I think there's a good opportunity for both both to win this one for sure. But both, I mean, both of them, they they were both you know very aggressive wrestlers. They they were they both looked to score. Um, and you know, I think it's it is possible that it could be the type of match where it's it's action. Under today's rules, though, you're probably right, Sam. There probably would be a passivity call because even if there is action, uh, Lauren and Emma, you know as well as I do, those referees are going to look to call somebody with a passivity call. Yeah, they're always looking to have more action than there is. If no one's scoring, there someone's going to get called. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and they'll even now like put wrestlers on the clock like say you know it's 1-1 they don't let matches end 1-1 anymore like they'll put someone on the clock um even if there's like almost you know no time left like I think this year one of my matches versus now I got put on the clock with like 45 seconds left in the match you know so they'll put people on the clock for sure and by the way it's even worse internationally it really is and, and they'll, it's they'll awesome. call people even like say Miranda was was winning and uh, Lampy was, was stalling more than she was, because she's winning, the rest will automatically assume that she's the one stalling, and they'll call her right away. Like, yeah, no That question. bothers me a lot. Sometimes they even, like, what bothers me about international wrestling is it's almost like the match doesn't even matter. If a referee decides, I'm going to hit this person with a passivity, they'll just do it. Yeah, it seems like sometimes, I mean, not to, like, bash on all the refs, but sometimes in matches where you're like, okay, that person is obviously, you know, being passive, and they don't get put on passivity, and then you have matches where they're not necessarily being passive, they just both have great offense and both have really good defense, so right. there's just not much happening because the wrestlers are of such a high caliber, and sometimes you're like, what the heck, man? But, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing about this, Derek, since we couldn't convince you to come to the, the dark side and vote Lampy, um, that puts it as a 3-3 tie. And guess who the fan vote is with? Miranda. Miranda? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. A virtual high five, Lauren. She's right. not right. So, uh, our 50 kg finals are pretty insane. And a match that's actually happened a lot of times. We got 2012 Clarissa Chun um, versus 2004 Patricia Miranda for the finals matchup. And we'll give another Miranda medal to the winner of that. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> Miranda will get a Miranda medal. Yeah, that'd be really sweet. Yeah. So are we talking whole career or just this, up to the specified year? 
Just that year. Just that year. Okay. That makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah, just because there's some, like, I mean, women, uh, there's some women who wrestled, like, pretty much a lot of quads. And so there's some results towards the end of their career that would, you know, like Jessica Rodier beat um, Chrissy Davis, you know, the 2016 Olympic trials. But Chrissy had an insane career and is the most decorated women's wrestler of all time. So that's right. why we took a peak year so that we could kind of define the parameters of, of when, like, we're taking that version of them. But okay. 53, I think this first round matchup is super interesting. Um, just because Padilla now Suarez is, has such a great UFC career now and has a bright future in the sport there. But we got for the first round matchup at 53, um, we got 2016 Helen Maroulis, obviously um, first women's Olympic champ. First 2010 uh, world bronze Tatiana Padilla now Suarez. Um, I'll go first. I think this one's pretty uh, pretty good matchup. I mean, Padilla's a, a good wrestler, and she had a great um, year in 2010. But like I've said before, Olympic medals have a lot of weight, at least with me. I'm like, that's a huge deal. And especially to beat Yoshida, you know, Helen, that was a, a crazy match, a super good um, strategic match that was really well wrestled, I think. And I think Helen like um, a lot of other wrestlers is really dangerous from a lot of positions. And I mean, SFU alum got a, got a side of my, my homies. So I think with mainly because of her accolades, but a little bit because of SFU, uh, I'm going to go for my rule. I'll go next. Yeah. I, uh, the, uh, I'm with Lauren. I'm going with Helen. I watched uh, the matchup when uh, Padilla and Marula wrestled in, was it 2010? I think they wrestled and Marula, the, the best of uh, what three and Marula's, um, um Yeah. I mean, she, she, she took her one of those at least. And uh, Padilla came through it. Is that, is that correct? Am I, am I correct on that? Does anybody know? Um, but I mean, yeah, Padilla, right. yeah, that's I, accurate. I yeah, think yeah. Helen won the first one and Padilla. Yeah won the next two, but they were like super close. Right. And was that were they periods or were they matches? Was it, she won the first period and then is that, that's correct. Right. She won the, weren't they like a, it was the period form? format. What's yeah, that? Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, I mean, so I think, yeah, 2010 Merlis against Padilla. I think that's been answered. I think 2016 Merlis uh, world champ, Olympic gold, best of the best right there. I'm going with Helen. Yeah, there's no question here for me. Um, Helen is one of the best to ever do, if not the best. Um, totally unheard of. Um, incredible. Are really good. She's super slick. I don't see her getting All right, Sam. I think we got most of that. You picked Helen. I think we're getting a little little break up there in the audio, but. Uh, he was uh, 100% Helen, he said, and I'm going, I'm going with Sam. I'm going with uh, uh, Ben on this. 2016 Helen is almost next topic, right? I mean, she beat a legend. We've, we've talked this point into the ground uh, on AWW radio and those of us in wrestling journalism, uh, she beat Yoshida, right? The, you know, maybe the best there ever was and ended her, long streak of world championships, uh, at least world championships that Yoshida attended or that uh, competed in. So 
Yeah, um, I mean, no disrespect to Tatiana Padilla, who, as was pointed out, beat Helen when Helen was younger. But 2016 Helen, gold medalist, she's going to win this virtual tournament too, so she gets my vote. So I would have liked to watch more Padilla film than I did, because um, mostly when I've seen her, she's been in the UFC, um, at least when I've been kind of around. But I think it's kind of interesting, too, that this is like pretty much next topic and Padilla is a world bronze. Like that doesn't often happen that we're next topicing like a world bronze medalist. Yeah, um, I think an interesting note is Padilla was we have her at 53 because that's the Olympic weight. She wrestled uh, 121 and she cut like reportedly a lot of weight for that. So I think like she would definitely have a size advantage. But I think Helen could mitigate that because if you watch Helen's like left to right motion, she can switch sides. Uh, of the body like really easily so she'll go like two on one um on the right to like head pinch on the left which if you watch her series with Kayla Miracle back in 17 she went to that head pinch a lot um she has even some upper body stuff and then her leg attacks are just next level um she can come from behind you know in her match at the Olympics with I think it was South Korea um she was down like seven four with a minute left and came behind so even if she did you know, fall into a hole because of Padilla's size, I'm confident that she could come back. Although I'd have her winning by, if not a tech, pretty much close to a tech. So I got Helen. Can I just throw this in there too? Sorry, Lauren. Uh, Just throw this in there too. You know, that, that 2016, 2017 Helen, she, she was funky too. Like, I mean, she was already good, right? She already had incredible, she was doing the fundamentals even better than everybody else in the world but then add some of her really crafty offensive game that you pointed out. I actually remember talking to Kayla um, right after that match, because that was right around the time Joy was being recruited, and we did a visit to Campbellsville right around the time that um, Helen was going to wrestle, or Kayla was going to wrestle Helen. So we talked to Helen after the, I'm sorry, Kayla, after the fact, and Kayla said, I've never wrestled anybody like that, and I couldn't repeat, like I couldn't get a partner to do what she does. And she just, she said, I needed a feel. There was no way around the fact that, you know, Helen's offense was so unorthodox and unusual and powerful. She says it was almost unstoppable. And she just had to wrestle that match, get that feel before she could, you know, maybe even think about beating a, a wrestler of that caliber. So, you know, we're, we're talking about somebody who may be, maybe one of the best ever that the United States is, ever seen like if we had a a virtual pound for pound uh you'd probably have helen in that too and and she'd you know she'd definitely be a candidate for the finals yeah i think even if you just look at her her technical ability like if you were to just look at you know kind of the styles of every wrestler that's wrestled i think stylistically she'd be one of the most problematic matches for anyone and just super super hard to scout like she has an amazing dump she can work off control ties she has attacks from space. Like we saw that with the, the Ali Reagan match this year, she can attack from space. So I think it's pretty much the next topic and our votes, you know, it was a shutout for Helen and the fan vote was with her too. So although Padilla's a uh, pretty freaking incredible world bronze. Um, yeah, it's Helen. Our next match though is pretty interesting because um, both of these two are in position sitting out to the finals of Olympic trials next year. We got 2018 World Silver, Sarah Hildebrandt versus 2019 Jakar Winchester. Oh, we're, all, we're all laughing. <laughs> like, this one's, this one's tough. This is a good matchup. 
early on, uh, Hildebrand won a lot of matches, right, against Jakara. I mean, they, they wrestled a lot over the years. Yeah, Hildebrand beat her in 2012, 2014, 2015. The first two matches were tight. The last match, there was a little bit more of a gap, 9-2 Hildebrand 9-2. in 2015. Yeah. Um, but, you know, always good matches. And we're talking 2019 Winchester right. world champion, right? So right. that said, 2018, yeah, I think Hildebrand pretty good too. Go ahead, Sam. Right. I think it's going to be hard to take in the, the college matches. Um, if we're talking 2019 Jakara, 2018 Sarah, I think they both improved so much from those matches um, that it's going to be hard to take those into account. Yeah. Well, let's talk for a second. What would the match look like? Let's. What, what do you? Th- how do you think the match would turn out? Watching, you know, where they came from and who they are right now as wrestlers. Or 2018, where Sarah was, and 2019, where Jakara was. How do you think that match would turn out? I mean, like literally break it down. Well, I'll I'll just add this before somebody else breaks that down. <laughs> but you know, I wrote here. Uh, can has this happened and then can Sarah finish her single now to Sam's point I know that they were college matches but the answer was a resounding yes in those college matches you know Sarah was able to get to the legs and able to finish that single in almost every match and um, you know Sarah Sarah again has an incredible slide by you know just did an article with Tony Rotundo and he, you know, we, I was asking, you know, how do you set up your shots? And he actually cited Sarah Hildebrand's slide by. He said, I, I go to her matches hoping that she's going to hit it uh, because it's, it's so beautiful. And it's, you know, it's so, uh, it's so good to, to photograph that. And he actually had some nice shots of that. So that said, they know each other too. So, you know, some of these crafty moves, you feel like, you feel like the, uh, the athlete can scout away from that if the more they've wrestled each other. So, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, stamina and being able to finish just fundamental good leg shots, you know. So that said, I didn't, I didn't lay out the match like you asked, but <laughs> those are some factors that play into it. I think um, Jakar is super hard to score on. So, like, if you look at a lot of her matches, a lot of times, like, they may not be super high scoring matches, but – Jakara's defense is so dynamic and she's really good from an overhook. So people that try to go get control ties with her or even try and throw her upper body. There's this video of Mongolia trying to throw her um, at worlds this year. And she was able to step out and, and get like a rethrow from it. So I think she's super hard to score on, which would present some problems. And I think Derek's right in that, like, it depends on if Sarah can get to a leg and finish. Um, I think Sarah's slide by is really dynamic. And I think a big part of Sarah's, offense that's underrated is her transition to parterre we saw it this year against jess mcdonald um at the pan am like olympic qualifiers and then in that year that was her peak year 2018 in the world semis against diana weicker who went on to get bronze uh she got a couple turns there and was able to get the tech from like a takedown turn transition so i kind of have the match going that it's low scoring um i think sarah gets to her slide by and doesn't score i have her converting on a single um, straight to a turn and then second period I think Jakar gets a takedown um, and I think Sarah gets put on the clock but it's not enough so I have Sarah winning 
Can I ask a question? Um, just top of my head. Can we go back a year? Sarah uh, Jakara was at 57, which was a non-Olympic weight when she won her world title, right? 55. 55. 55, right. Uh, and that, that was a non-Olympic weight. And then Sarah, did Sarah come up from 50 to 53? Or was she at, was she at 53? And she, she went down for this quad. She's in, she went to 50. Okay, that's what I was trying to remember. Okay. okay. Usually she actually she started the quad at 55 in 2017 and then got injured in the, the best of three with Becca hmm. and then dropped um, when she came back from that. It's funny because I was, I, for some reason in my head, I pictured them both as being really tall. And I was like, oh, they're both like pretty tall. I just looked it up. Um, Sarah is 5'3 and Jakara is 5'4. So they're both not extremely tall, but I guess for 53 or yeah. 53 that's fairly tall i mean most 53s are probably my height or a little shorter like five one five footish um so i think that would be an interesting matchup to wrestle someone like pretty similar height when you're on the taller end um but i do agree i agree with emma about it'd be pretty close match low scoring um but i think if sarah gets a takedown she'll get a turn i i think she's pretty dominant on top so i think i'm gonna go with sarah on this matchup Well, I'm just, uh, I don't, I won't make much of an argument except she's a world champ. I'm going to go with Jakara. <laughs> Who's, uh, who we got left to vote? I haven't voted. I don't, I don't think Sam has either. I'm going to go the same. Uh, I think Jakara. I, I think Jakara. Um, maybe a little bit of recency bias. Uh, but I mean, there's a big jump it had to go through this year it was absolutely insane. And she made it to the top when nobody expected it. I'm gonna take you far. Okay. Um, you know, you have all almost convinced me to switch my vote. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I think 2018 World Silver, uh, Sarah Hildebrand can beat 2019 Jakara. Um, it's a world title. I mean, I'm just no no shade there, um, but I do think that Sarah can win win a close match, and so I'm I'm throwing my vote at Sarah. So again, kind of like uh, with Lampy and Miranda, we do have a tie: three votes for Sarah, three votes for Jakara, but Jakara has the fan vote. So she'll advance to the finals where she'll face uh, Helen. Ooh. Yeah, that's interesting. Like Jakara, 2019 Jakara versus Helen, because they wrestled in, in 2017 at 58 kg, but I think the result would be very, very different down at 53. And then, you know, with Jakara's kind of evolution. Hey, Sam, who's in that picture with you that keeps popping up? It's you and you got your arm. Is that your brother? That's, yeah, that's my little brother. Okay, cool. What's his name? His name's Eli. Does he wrestle too? He does. Yep. Nice. Have you guys Probably been wrestling each other during the quarantine? A lot. Probably <laughs> too much. <laughs> okay, this is a total side note. But Sam, I saw that tweet about, uh, I think it was about a gallon of milk, and you're like, what? A gallon of milk lasts more than four hours in someone's house? So do you have a what? lot of siblings? Is that? I have six siblings. Oh, dang. dang. So, yes. 
<laughs> yes, that's where that tweet came from. Okay, I was wondering. Um, so that concludes yeah. 53. So now we're on to 57 kg. And our first matchup is 2017 World Silver, Allie Reagan, versus 2004 Olympian, uh, Taylor O'Donnell. And she got sixth at 121 pounds in 2004. Uh, this one's easy for me. I'm going with Allie Reagan. Um, and, and the reason is, I, I've made this point before, but I think I think Tella O'Donnell is brutal on the mat, you know, in parterre. And I think this, the scoring system back in 2014 actually lent itself more to getting in that position that benefited Tella O'Donnell. Um, but I think when uh, O'Donnell go, you know, would go against elites, you know, on, on her feet, I mean, she's good like anybody, but uh, she would, you know, her, her neutral position would be pedestrian against you know, top uh, competitors. And Allie Reagan is certainly uh, excellent on her feet. And for that reason, I'm, I'm going Allie. I, I, think, I think it would be hard for Tella to get to her best position. I'm going to follow suit. Uh, I think I have a lot of recency bias. I've watched countless Allie Reagan matches. Uh, um, and I'm really, really familiar with her. I've interviewed her before. Um, and I've been... Sam, Sam, we're having a hard time. You're cutting out a little bit. But we heard that you, you went Allie Reagan. Thumbs up. Everything that Derek said, I'm going to echo. Neutral offense, obviously. Um, really, really notable. All right. Good. I see it. Thanks, Sam. I'm going to go with Allie. I mean, uh, yeah, with also recency bias, I've wrestled Allie before. She's really hard to move out of position. And I think if you can stay in good position and uh, move other people, I think that's a really good thing. And 2017 Allie was a killer. So uh, Tay O'Donnell was an Olympian. And obviously that is not an easy feat to accomplish, but I'm going to have to go with Allie Reagan. So I have Allie too. I think um... – one, you have to look at level of competition because 2004, um, through no fault of her own, Taylor, you know, won the spot. But the competition in 2004 um, wasn't the same as we had in 2017. Um, in 2017, Allie was at 60 kg, which wasn't a particularly deep weight class in the U.S., but it was still a gauntlet at the World Championships. Um, so I think that's notable. And I think Reagan's offense, too. She's just dangerous from a lot of places. She has a really good head and arm. That's what she used in the semis um, that year to get into the world finals. Uh, she has really good uh, low singles. That's kind of her most notorious leg attack. And I think she just has a pretty dynamic offense. I think in the one area she's kind of struggled um, has been upper body. Uh, she gets upper body with someone. But Taylor, uh, like you said, Derek, wasn't a big prolific scorer on her feet. She was more, you know, in parterre. So I have Allie. I have Allie as well. And I was, you know, I echo a lot of what Emma just shared. I think the 2004, again, competition was different, but I'm, I'm uh, you know, as a fan of the sport, I wish I was a fan back then uh, to follow what we were doing in 2004, uh, simply because what a, what a great year that must have been to really, uh, you know, rally around the, around the, the U.S. team, some really uh, fun stuff. But I'm going with Allie Reagan, 2017. 
Hey, does anybody know, I was trying to remember, did Allie Reagan ever have her own shoe? I don't think so. No, okay. I think she's with Nike. Um, she is with know. Nike, but she didn't have a shoe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so does anyone uh, still have to vote? I, uh, Sam, Sam voted Allie, and Ben yeah. voted Allie. Ben, do, do you have a shoe yet? Yeah, I do. I uh, it's again, it's homemade. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, can I can I get one of those? Where can I order one? Well, just yeah, just uh, when you send the shirt, the SFU shirt, just send a check for four hundred dollars, and uh, we'll see what we'll see what you get. Okay. Yeah. Then then bring it to Fargo it's next year. Like superhuman sp speed or something like that. Uh, it's it's it's, it's a dynamic shoe. It's yeah, really. Out. They're not actually that good, but it's just the man hours he put in. That's that's where the cost comes from. It's made of uh, it's made of wood. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's legal. Actually, we'll we'll have to see that. But yeah, yeah. and then you got to bring it to Fargo next year and sell it as a rare shoe. You could put it out on the, the Fargo market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll see what um, we'll see what goes on here. Sounds good. Right. So we got Allie Reagan with the, the sweep of that. Um, so she'll advance to the finals at 57. Um, and then our next match, I think is a pretty good one. Uh, 2005 uh, World Bronze Sally Roberts versus 2008 uh, Marcy Van Dusen. She was an Olympian and got ninth at 55 kilos. All right, so I'll start here. If beating Yoshida uh, is what you know qualifies people in our tournament, then uh, Van Dusen uh, should move on uh, over Sally. Uh, yeah, if beating Yoshida means something. <laughs> I mean, she ended a she ended Yoshida's streak at that point was I think 119 straight victories when he when she beat her in the uh, in that in that tournament. So, uh, what tournament uh, was it? Do you I think know? it was a female. Uh, it was the female world championship or something. It was called. It was a different name. I was. She beat her. It was again old scoring system. And uh, did a did a chest wrap on her um, to kind of you know. It must over. not have been the the Fila World Championships because I think I yeah Yoshida won that every time she went. I think until you gotta look yeah look it up. I think the one the match I watched was was in was in Japanese. I think so. It was uh, but um okay. I think she was. I think she had 119 straight wins and Van Dusen beat her. Wow. Um, but um. You can you can uh, confirm that, but yeah, she had a quite a year in two thousand eight, um, quite a year. So, I mean, she beat Sally Roberts that year too. Um, I think that was the year she beat Sally. Yeah, she did. She but, beat her in a best of three with a great ankle pick. You know, just, just oh my circle, circle, circle to the right, back to the left ankle, or whatever, or the yeah. They were killing each other though. Those two. I mean, it was really close. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, Van Dusen came out on, on top of that best of three. I think Roberts won one of those three matches. Yeah. So I got uh, Marcy just because of, you know, the win over Yoshida. And um, when we talked about Taylor and why we picked Ali over her, we said, you know, kind of the depth of competition, um, you know, domestically and internationally at that time. And I think in 2008, Marcy, you know, she had to beat Roberts. She had to beat, you know, a monster of a, of a bracket at Olympic trials. And then um, at the Olympics, too, that weight, like the competition was was really good. Um, I believe Yoshida won or not Yoshida. Yeah, it was her. She won 55 that year. I'm pretty sure you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But so 
that alone, I think just the level of competition and, and Marcy's kind of offense, that ankle pick, um, just pretty dangerous from a lot of places. So I'm going to go Marcy. I'm going gonna- to echo everything you said, uh, Emma. I think that Marcy's stats and accolades just add up too much um, to, to go against Sally. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug something. We just partnered with Sally and her organization, Wrestle Like a Girl. Um, HMA and, and Wrestle Like a Girl just partnered to launch a podcast. I'm really excited for that. Oh, great. Well, thanks for That's promoting awesome. women's wrestling, Sam. That's really great that you're doing that. Absolutely. I'm really excited. Uh, we're going to try to interview women's wrestlers and coaches that can have a big influence on it, like the Steiner brothers and, and Brands brothers, guys like that who can really have an effect on women's wrestling. That's awesome. That's great news. Um, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> I'm going um, – going Marcy as well um she beat one of my heroes in 2005 Tina George one of my new heroes um and frankly I mean of course I could have missed some stuff but it looks like Marcy won everything in the U.S. from 2005 to 2008 so I mean she was like when she was peaking she was absolutely dominant uh, especially nationally so uh, if you add to that the fact that she did beat Sally Roberts in that best of three in 2008, <clears throat> her peak year, I got to go with uh, Marcy Van Dusen. But I love you, Sally. I love you. I'm going to echo everything that's been said. Uh, I'm going to go with Marcy. Like you were saying, Derek, she's really she's been really dominant um, through those three years and other years all throughout the U.S. and internationally as well. I mean, she beat Yoshida, so it's a pretty big deal. Um, so I'm gonna go Marcy and then just a little cherry on top. Uh, she's a California girl. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta keep up with that. <laughs> All right. How we doing? All votes in? Emma, I think you're muted. <laughs> okay. So does that everyone, did everyone vote there? We're all voting. Okay. So, uh, Marcy wins that one. The fans were also with Marcy. So uh, we're looking at Ali Reagan, Marcy Van Dusen um, final. So that'll be a good one for next week. I'm excited for that one. And uh, that wraps up 57. And for 62, I think this match is really intriguing, um, both of them. But the first one, especially, we have 2004 Olympic silver Sarah McMahon. And she only lost by one point to Icho, um, who's, in case fans don't know, um, the only, I believe, four-time Olympic champion of any wrestler. So only lost to Icho. I think it was like three, two. Um, and Icho had to get a late takedown to win it. First 2019, Kayla Miracle, um, obviously had a great year, wins over Mal Velti to, to make the world team and had a great world championships, although falling just short of a medal. So what do you guys think? Sarah McMahon is awesome. <laughs> Kayla Miracle is awesome. I mean, I love Kayla as a person. I love watching her wrestle. Uh, Kayla, you know, uh, last year, two years ago, started calling herself Kayla 2.0, you know, going to the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. She definitely uh, upped her game. I think her finishes on her single uh, went to another level with uh, the training that she was getting and the partners that she had at Hawkeye Wrestling Club. You know, U23 Silver, 2019, four-time WCWA champ. Um, But I think Sarah McMahon – was really a special wrestler. Uh, she had a win 
over uh, Randy Miller as well, an Olympic bronze medalist in uh, 2007. Um, so yeah, that said, you know, if you're talking about an Olympic silver medal, um, it's hard to argue with, and she is our number one seed. So I don't see any reason to, uh, you know, in, in Kayla's career to put her over somebody like Sarah. So uh, as much as I love Kayla, I got to give my vote to Sarah McMahon. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go that same way. I think Kayla, when she can, um, she can finish her single. She's really dangerous and she's gotten a world-class people with that single. Um, but the matches she has lost uh, internationally and, and domestically, um, if people can stop that single, um, she has other great offense, but that's normally been the key to victory for uh, other wrestlers going against her. And I think um, scoring a single, that single on Sarah McMahon um, would be really difficult, especially since Icho had to work like tooth and nail to get that takedown at the end of their Olympic final. And I think, you know, just by going, you know, on Olympic results, you got to give it to the Olympic silver. This match reminds me a lot of the Haley Gello clarissa Chan match, um, where there's one person that has better competition. I think that um, Kayla has better competition, more advanced training, more advanced techniques and stuff. Um, but, man, McMahon's a legend. Uh, the way – the way that she changed the sport in 2004 was one of USA's first, uh, with along with Clarissa, one of USA's first uh, successful women's wrestlers. I got to go, Sarah. I think I'm going to echo that. Um, I mean, I think Kayla is very solid. She's just she's just a good, solid wrestler. You know, she has good takedowns, good top, everything. Um, I also will say, I don't think Kayla has peaked. I mean, Kayla has improved a lot in the last even three years. Yeah, that's true. She's still going, like, I don't think Kayla has peaked yet. I think Kayla has maybe three or four more years until, and until she's, and they're going to be building up to be great. I think she has a lot more room to grow. She just followed Mark Perry to um, Arizona. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So I think, I mean, Sarah McMahon, um, 20, 2004 Athens, I mean, she had a silver medal pretty big deal also though competition wasn't as um heavy as it is now but i think i'm gonna have to go with sarah um but i think it's close i think it's gonna be i think it would have been a close match well i gotta say if if kayla could hit that funky arm wrap that she hit to get through that uh that comeback win in that semi at u23 if i have the right match remember you know what i'm talking yeah, about you know. on a single and she hit the arm wrap and and uh i don't know if she pinned her but she got she yeah got she did pinned her right yeah yeah, I mean that. that he was trailing like eight zero. Who knows? Yeah, I'm I'm the last one to vote. I you know my my vote is just simply that somewhere in Sarah McMahon's house right now, hanging on the wall is a silver medal of the Olympics. Boy, that's <laughs> that's every child's dream. And like Emma said, it was close even in that. So yeah, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Sarah. All right, so uh, Sarah advances. Although I do think uh, there's some recency bias going on with the fan vote. Um, Kayla, I think won by a decent margin over McMahon. Um, when I thought that fan vote was going to be like razor thin, so that was interesting. Um, next up, we have 2012 World Silver and Olympian Ooh. Elena Forskova versus 2008 um, Olympic Bronze Randy Miller. What do you guys think? Ooh, one of the best matchups, maybe. Absolutely. I think Elena's um, foot sweep was really incredible. She got a lot of people with that. 
in 2016, um, she was super close to meddling at the Olympics, had, I believe, a one-point loss in the semis, and then um, just fell short at the Olympics and then got that world silver. So I think, like, even though Randy does have that bronze, I mean, they both have Olympic and, and world results. And I think Randy's style is, is really explosive, but I think Elena can mitigate that with her movement, her foot sweep. She had really good control ties, so I think if she could control um, – Randy with her two-on-one that she could have some success there. Was that some matches I was watching with Elena and her where she was just doing a lot of slide buys on, yeah, on, on Randy pushing in and uh, just hit, felt like she hit some slide buys of Randy's aggressiveness, though I'm not, uh, you know, I'm definitely on the fence on this one. I, I, I was watching plenty of matches. I think those were later matches I was watching, but uh, yeah, man, bronze medalist. I, I, I feel like that stuff, just counts for so much. All right. Well, um, I'm gonna make this one easy. I'm gonna use my landmine. Pick Randy Miller. Boom! Oh, oh there it is. Okay. So, I mean that that Olympic bronze. I mean, and she was just a solid wrestler. So, Miller wins. Yeah, and maybe uh, maybe good to point out they they did hit in 2014 and 15, and it was like super close. Um, uh, Piraskova won in 2014, 2-1. I'm sorry, lost to Randy Miller in 2001, two, lost 2-1 two in 2014. And then Piraskova won 2-2 two two criteria in 2015. And also, I think good to point out, as we're talking, you know, we're trying to educate people on history. Elena Piraskova is tied with Christy Davis for the um, for ten making 10 world teams, which is wow. the most any woman has ever made. She's, she medaled four times on 10 world teams. So also, on your level. Yeah. A quick note on a uh, poor Scova silver at the world championships that year. Jess told me this story. Um, Cause I've been injured a lot and I, I had surgery. Um, another one. And she uh, was telling me the story about how Elena that year got super concussed before the world championships, like couldn't even leave her room was in the dark. Um, you know, still had to make weight um, and competed at worlds. And that was the year she won um, world silver when she had been out for weeks before the world championships and like couldn't even leave her room. So I thought that was pretty incredible. Mm. But the landmine above all. So uh, our 62 matchup for the finals is uh, Randy Miller versus Sarah McMahon. Nice. So that's pretty good. Great matchup. Uh, so next we got a uh, 68 kilos and we got 2019 world champion 2018 world bronze Tamara Mensa first 2019 or 2018 US Open champion Julia Salata and I think it's an interesting one because I think people look at this and they say like you know next topic um but 2016 after Olympic trials Julia actually beat Mensa in the Canada Cup um, I believe in the semifinals, and she has, I think, one more win. Um, she talked about it on our previous podcast. She has two wins over Mensa. So although I'm going to take Mensa because I think, um, you know, Mensa's made three world teams and has two world medals, and I think that merits over a head-to-head -head win that's not in a peak year, um, I don't think it's the next topic. You know, I think it's a good match, and I think people wouldn't realize that just right off the bat. Yeah, I'm going to jump on the Mensa, Mensa train and uh... – you know, the way she looked this last year completely destroyed everybody pretty much. Uh, 2019, that I think she's had some slip-ups in 2020. Uh, where was it that she took that loss with the gut wrenches this year? 
That was Italy, I believe. That was Italy, yeah. The Matteo Pelicone, I think. That one really stunk. But last year, she was on a on a roll. She just destroyed everybody that she wrestled, and nobody was close to touching her. I don't think. Um, I don't think this one's gonna be close. I think it's definitely one of those matches that you have to look a little deeper in because, yeah, face value. I agree, Emma. It, it looks like a next topic, but. Um, I mean, Julia Salata has surprised a lot of people. Like, she's pretty good. And she um, is a very, um, what's it called? Good wrestler. I can't think of the words. She's a very good wrestler, but I think I'm going to have to go with Tamara Mensa-Stock because she's just been doing it. I mean, 2019, she won the world championship. She was just on a roll that year. So I think with that year, I'm going to go with Mensa-Stock. Wasn't her win over Dosho like 8-0? It was like okay. something for eight two. It wasn't even close. I don't think Osho scored. Yeah, I thought it was eight zero. I could be mistaken. I think you're right. I think it was eight zero. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and that was remember the buildup of that? Like, oh, here we go. Mensa yeah. Osho. And it was like, oh really? I mean she that that version, that you know, that year, uh Tamara Mensa stock, I mean maybe one of the best ever. Uh to step and, up uh, at that weight. Franson, the girl she beat in the finals, I don't think a lot of people realize, but she was a 72-kilo world champ. So she had to run through an Olympic champion in, yeah. in Dosho in the quarters and then um, a world champion in the finals. So that bracket was insanely deep. And just from a side note, because I wrestled Mensa a lot, she's a little unorthodox in that she wrestles from her knees a lot. And mm. uh, she's super powerful. Like, she can attack a double from her knees and score if she has two fingers locked around your legs. And there's not a lot of people I feel like, man, this person could just absolutely run through me. But, like, Mensa is one of those people. Yeah. I'm, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Ben. I was just going to say I'm going for Mensa's stock because, you know, she's amazing. As you guys said, 2019 was uh, was extraordinary. And uh, I just feel like it's a good opportunity to vote against Julie. <laughs> <laughs> You're just salty because we said you'd lose. Yeah, yeah he – well, he lost the virtual match, right? To to yeah. and so, too. Yeah, yeah. Did we say how many seconds we'd give him before he got submitted, or was that twenty? I think twenty like seconds. Trip. You guys voted or something, but anyway. yeah. yeah, that was that the over under. Victoria, I think. Yeah. Being right. inside tripped. No, I think it was a minute, maybe. But you, Ben, you'd oh, be right. submitted in. But seconds. she said, yeah, she said she'd do a flying armbar on me, and I said I would tap while she's in the air. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, our champion, folks. Yeah, Julia's great. She's had a great career. I Absolutely. mean, not many people can say they have two wins over Mensa, but I got to pick uh, Tamara as well. Ben, I think the key to that jiu-jitsu match is you just got to bring out the shoes, you know, the, the wooden yeah, duct wooden, tape. Wooden, wooden shoes. shoes. People will be so distracted by the shoes, they won't even notice that you tapped out mid-air. That's a great point. And if you wear an SFU singlet, they'll be super intimidated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, no, no, we don't want to tarnish the SFU name. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, Lori. That wasn't too nice. <laughs> okay, so I think we all got uh, Mensa, so she sweeps this. The fans um, also had Mensa, I think by a pretty wide margin. It was like 85 to 15%. Um, so Mensa advances to the finals there. Um, I think any opponent she has from our next round matchup is going to have a tough time. But our next one is someone who could potentially see Mensa at next year's Olympic trials. We have 2019 uh, world fifth Forrest Molinari, two-time world team member, um, 
commonly known as Snowflake and famous by that one video they got after her match with Maya, um, which was pretty awesome. So she's up against 2004 Takara Montgomery, um, Olympian uh, coaches, I believe, did coach or still coaches at Lindenwood. Um, really great wrestler. What do you guys think? Yeah, I just, my dive again took me into watching more Takara matches against Christy back in the day and winning uh, some of those those bouts, uh, Christy Morano, Christy Davis, and uh, uh, just, uh, oh man, I mean, she's an, she's an, you know, Olympian. I know that we're talking a, a time when it was, you know, perhaps more watered down. Um, you know, Forrest is an unbelievably good wrestler. And I, I agree too with Forrest watching her tape. She is not only entering her, I mean, she's entering her peak years. I mean, she is like, been on a trajectory of awesomeness. Um, but I think, uh, I don't even know if that's a word, uh, but uh, the, uh, yeah, that's, I'm definitely going with the car on this one. Now. What's that? Yeah. It is now. <laughs> can we vote? Can we vote on whether that's a word? Awesomeness, thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay. Go for it, yeah. We have decreed here in AWW radio that is official. I said the word is, it, it's a word now. Yeah, it's a word now, <laughs> good. But I'm going with Takara. That's my pick. I think I might have to agree. I mean, I agree. Forrest is a killer. I mean, she's, she's had some great matches with some people. But I do think she is still peaking. And I think, I mean, making an Olympic team, although granted it was in 2004, and we're talking about 2019 Forrest, um, I think I'm going to have to go with Takara, though. I will say that. I think, so, too, if we're doing um... – Oh, go ahead, Sam. No, you, you go ahead. I, I think uh, if we're doing, you know how we said a uh, win over Yoshida kind of like makes you, like that's a credential. I think also a win over Christy Davis is a credential, you know? So I think Takara um, having that win over Christy, like the most decorated women's wrestler, is kind of what puts it over the edge. I think Sports could pose some problems with her uh, low leg attacks um, and just some of her offense from space. But in general, I think Takara was really powerful and she kind of overpower her way um, through that match. So at Final X this year, uh, where Forrest had her famous quote, um, I was actually there interviewing her, uh, like right in front of her and recording the interview. And it was really funny. Flo's left this part out. But as soon as she, she said the LFG thing, she looked down at me and was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. so afterwards she was on a mission i was i was really scared because i was in between like i was around the warm-up area and where they would go to cool down after the matches and when she lost after the match she like ran down like she was about to run through a wall and murder somebody i was so scared (laughs) and she just ran through it and uh, got in the warm-up area and then when she came to the interview in the second match, she was so fired up. I thought she was going to burst a blood vessel or something. It was crazy. <laughs> but um, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to the point. I'm going to be the, uh, the unique pick here. I'm going to take Forrest. I think you guys, you guys watch her match with uh, Victoria Francis this year? Yeah. Yeah. She's on another level right now. That was absolutely insane. Uh, I'm going to count that as 2019, her peak. Uh, she's on another level. I think she's getting closer and closer to her peak. And her, the competition that she's facing right now is absolutely insane. Um, having to go through Victoria Francis and 
men's stock to get on a on, on an Olympic team is probably gonna be one of the deepest brackets there's been, and she's doing extremely well. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Boris in this match. Um. Wow, you guys have actually, uh, all this conversation has changed my original vote. Um, I'm going with Forrest as well. Um, you know, I, I do want to point out that uh, Takara actually retired at 21. So everything, yeah. everything she did, she did, you know, before she was 21 and when she was 21. So that's pretty great. But I got to say, I mean, let's point out that Forrest Molinari was razor thin close to meddling at Worlds two years in a row. Yeah. And it was heartbreaking fashion twice that she didn't. She was ahead, you know, two years ago, I think it was in the court. I can't remember exactly where it was, quarters. But I think this last year, uh, it was actually in the bronze match. I think maybe two years ago, it was in the semis. I don't know. I think, But last year, it was in the bronze match. Remember, she was ahead and got scored on right at the end. It was heartbreaking. And, um, you know, I, I, we did an article on her and interviewed her after, and um, it, it was a tough loss. But, I mean, how close she was to meddling both years, I mean, she's right there. Um, and to Sam's point, the competition level is so high. Um, I think you could – it's easily comparable to what Takara did uh, back in, uh, you know, 2004. Do I have that right? Yeah. So, for that reason, I'm going to throw my vote at Forrest. Anyone else? So you know what's interesting about that? That makes it a 3-3 tie, and Snowflakes fans are loyal. So she's yeah. going to get the upset win. And oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, hey, fine. Sam, give me a virtual high five. Well, we so have... we're going to have a matchup in the finals that we could potentially see. We probably will see next Olympic trials with yes. Mensa and Molinari. That's going to be fun. So foreshadowing, maybe? Wow. I know. Side note, uh, Forrest, when we were overseas one time in Austria, it was Michaela Beck's birthday, and Forrest made, like, she's Italian, and she made, like, some homemade pasta sauce, and uh, it was funny, because we'd be in practice, and she'd be like, oh, I have to go stir the sauce, and then she made this, like, really good, like, Italian dish, and it was really good. Super side note, but. I also, another side note, Forrest and I are actually from the same area. We were in the same section in high school. So I knew Forrest before she was mad. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I know, you know that she wasn't mad. I don't think. I think she's just very serious. Yeah. Okay, so that wraps up sixty-eight, and we're on our last week class for semis. Um, this first matchup I think is interesting because I think it's one of those you'd look at it initially and be like, you know, next topic. Um, but twenty nineteen Adeline Gray world champion versus uh, two thousand eleven world bronze Ali Bernard, and of course Ali. Uh, went on to make finals of Olympic trials in 2012, um, where Stephanie Lee won, but then popped hot on a drug test and Bernard um, got the spot. And what's interesting about this is that was at 72 kilos and Adeline um, was also in that bracket. And I don't know if she had a direct head to head loss with Bernard, um, but she did not make the finals and Ali and Stephanie did. And she was actually Ali's um, warm up partner for that year in the Olympics. Um, she told me about that. So, I mean, I'm going to go with Adeline because obviously five-time world champion and one of the best to ever do it. Um, I think she would get a takedown 
um, probably off her snatch single and convert it to a lace. I don't think she would get the tech, but I think she would rack up enough points to to have a good lead and and to be able to make it so Bernard couldn't come back. But it's not a next topic. I think it would be a good match. This so. one's awesome. I mean, a world bronze uh, is incredible stat, incredible accolade. Um, but matching up against five-time world champ Adeline, does she, she has the most world titles out of any American, uh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's that's an impressive accolade right there. Um, yeah, hard to argue I with think, that. Yeah. I think, would, would she have been tied with Jordan Burroughs had he won this year? I After believe. Has Jordan won three or four? I think he's Jordan's won five. Won well, he's I thought he won five in the Olympics. Olympics. Right. Included that. Okay. So he's won four. Otherwise, John Smith has the most. If you count right. Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm gonna have to well, go out of the line. I'm gonna have to go out of the line as well. It's just she's she's too good on her feet. Has way too many attacks and way too many accolades to to pick against her. And I'm not gonna be here for the finals, but she better win the finals too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was just gonna say if we were doing we were talking about Helen earlier doing the pound for pound. And obviously Adeline's, uh, you know, <laughs> if not at the top of that discussion, top two, uh, you know, of, of pound for pound, best, best wrestler ever to come out of the, you know, ever come out of the U.S., obviously. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely going with Adeline here. Um, maybe it's a next topic for me more than Emma, but I'm definitely uh, uh, going with Adeline here. I'm going to echo what Ben said. Pretty much everything. I'm going with Adeline. <laughs> Yeah, uh, to confirm, Jordan Burroughs has five world titles, you know, and that includes the Olympic gold. Um, yeah, I think Adeline Gray is going to go down as um, maybe the best uh, female wrestler in the history of women's wrestling in the United States, if not one of the best American wrestlers ever as well. She's already in that conversation, right? So, uh, you know, as good as Allie Bernard was, two-time Olympian, world bronze, Adeline Gray is my vote. Yep, so uh, that carries it. So we got Adeline advancing to the final finals where Sam uh, already said she better win. So it'll be interesting to see because this next matchup, this might be my favorite one of the whole thing because we have 2005 Ira Smith, um, world champion, uh, one of the first like WCAP kind of wrestlers uh, versus 2007 Christy Davis who got world silver that year. But again, um, I think she made 10 world teams and then had the most world medals, even more than, than Adeline. So uh, it's a good matchup. I'm pretty sure Christy pinned uh, Iris in 2007. Is that correct? I did not see that result myself. Let me look up that result before I say that that's fact, but I thought in the second period she pinned her, it was a zero zero and, and uh, she pinned her in the second. I didn't see it. I read about it, okay. but I'll look it up. Um, yeah, Christy Davis, uh, Christy Stangline, Christy Murano, whatever name you want to call her. She's my vote. She's a New York gal. Uh, came up, you know, through, uh, our wrestling program out here in New York. And, uh, you know, one of the, the most decorated wrestlers of all time, not just female wrestlers, but wrestlers in America. Uh, she has two gold, five silver, two bronze, five-time wrestler of the year. Uh, she wins this match for sure. Yeah, she did pin her, by the way, just to confirm. I'm looking at the ESPN article from April 7th, 2007. 
pinned okay. her in the U.S. U.S. National Wrestling Championships. Um, uh, yeah, in I'm completely with you, Derek. I don't think there's there's much of an argument for Iris. Um, yeah, Christy Davis, way way too many accolades to to argue against. Yeah, I got Christy too. I think just that the culmination of like her consistency, you know, because if you look at their peak years, like Iris has a world. Uh, world title and Christy has a world silver so they're pretty similar so then I think if you go to the body of work you know Christy's issue if there was a Mount Rushmore women's wrestling like she would be on it so I think you can't argue with that I agree I got Christy we got anyone left to vote uh if I wasn't clear I'm going for Christy okay (laughs) all right so uh, I think we got a Christy Davis Adeline Gray final that is going to be good. I know. So I'm super excited for that. So just to go over our finals matchups one more time before uh, before we hop off, um, we got Clarissa Chun and Patricia Miranda at 50 kg. 53, we have Helen Marulis and Jakar Winchester. 57, Ali Reagan and Marcy Van Dusen. 62, Sarah McMahon and Randy Miller. 68, Forrest Molinari and Tamara Mensah-Stock. And 76, Adeline Gray versus Christy Davis Morano. That's crazy. That's like, fire. If that was an actual tournament, you'd have people coming from everywhere to watch those matches. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today, especially Sam Herring. Uh, obviously, you're busy doing Sam Herring things, riding in the car from here to there. Uh, but thanks for joining us, bud. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate Absolutely. having you on. Thank you. Awesome. For sure. I had a, I had a blast. I'd love to do this again sometime. And uh, I, I apologize for the bad setup here. Uh, just just traveling this weekend. You're good. All good. No worries. No worries at all. So, all right, Emma, anything else? No, uh, just stay tuned. We'll be posting the finals matchups and some stuff leading up to the finals next week. Um, the brackets will be up. The final brackets will be up on Monday. Fan vote on Tuesday and then um, the podcast on Friday with some special guests uh, that we will talk about uh, next week. So that's it. All right. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we are out. Thanks for listening to AWW Radio.